outcome isn't the results. Right. The fact that you do it is the result. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepless Pusuckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of The Social Proof Podcast where we find amazing people to do amazing stuff. We engage in conversation around entrepreneurship. Donnie cut her hair. (laughs) Why are you so petty? Donnie cut her hair. And uh, we're here. How you doing? (laughs) You can't really... What's so funny? Give me my water. I don't know what you're talking about. So we had a very interesting week. Um, you had an interesting week, right? We were in Clearwater. Clearwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were in Clearwater. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, that I was took a good time. so many, so much away. Somebody said, I don't know if it was Myron, but somebody said, "Your children should be able to enjoy their inheritance while you're now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, your kids should not have to wait for you to die to enjoy the money or the rewards of your hard work. That's a fact. Yeah, I don't think so. So many people raise their kids with this whole, like so many kids raise their kids with this whole, I worked hard for it. I got it out of the mud. They're going to have to get it out of the mud too. I just, I don't buy into that. My daughter is not going to have to get it out of the mud. But that is, here's, here's the thing though. And yeah, my children either, but it's something that a good struggle produces in people. hmm So. And would we rob them of that? <laughs> I don't mind robbing my daughter of certain struggles, right? Um, in my situation, she struggled long enough with me. Like, I think many of us are first-generation entrepreneurs, six-figure income earners, seven-figure income earners. Um, if anybody knows my story, you know that there was a couple of years where I lost everything. And Deja and I, my daughter and I were literally splitting Wendy's value meals just to have dinner. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like the 99 cent menu, I don't know if they do that anymore, but she get the nuggets, I got the fries and we would split a drink. That was dinner. We played games in the dark thinking, you know, so she wouldn't know that the lights were off. She thought it was a game. Really? We went to the gym, like, to take showers at the park because it was a dollar. So... I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I think I talked about that in my very first interview that I did. Like, that particular level of struggle in 2008 when the market crashed, I I was making really good money at that time, but I was spending more than what I made, right? So when the market crashed, I couldn't last six months. I lost everything, And I was too prideful to really tell people what was going on. I didn't have to struggle that way, but everybody around me was losing. So I didn't feel good about asking anybody for help. And Deja's dad and I had recently broken up, uh, like shortly before that, not not necessarily that year, but we had broken up and I didn't really want to ask him for help because I, you know, we were done with the relationship and I didn't feel like it was his responsibility Um, and so I chose to figure it out and I tried to hide it as much as possible. Um, until ultimately I lost my house, lost my cars. At that point, I had to call my mom like, okay, I need a place to stay. But yeah, it was, it was really, really bad. I was driving a borrowed vehicle, a Mercury something that my music manager at the time gave to me. It was some junk car that she had parked on the side of her house. And the carpet stuff, the fabric at the top of the car was like hanging loose. So I'm driving my daughter to school, holding it up. The car has no heat. So 
So it's like the winter at this point. I had to wrap my daughter in her coat and a blanket, lay her down on the back seat just so she could stay warm. Mm. And I would like park a little ways away from the school and walk her to the front so she wouldn't be embarrassed. Like she has been through the struggle. And luckily it happened at an age where she doesn't really remember a lot of that, right? She does remember, and I did tell the story on the podcast, when the bank sent a family into the house trying to do a short sale in lieu of foreclosure. And we had this beautiful home, everything custom, especially her bedroom. And there were two kids, a boy and a girl, in the bedroom. She had this princess castle room that I had customized. And they were arguing in front of her over who was going to get her room, whose room it was going to be. And that's all the struggle she has to go through. She knows struggle. Yeah. It's, it's level up time at this point. She, now she's getting exposure. Have you always been cute? Always. Have you ever, you ever thought In about going to, get, going to get a baller? That, that thought ever crossed your mind? Like, you mean I when I was struggling like that? Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't even date at that time. Really? Because I felt so insufficient. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel... So, I didn't even date at that time. Um, getting a baller, like, prior to... I had access to ballers. But I just kind of felt like, you know, insufficient. Seems like strategy, though. It, I it go, is strategy. I think I would, if I was in that situation... I go get a little a little boss chick. You feel me? I think it, it would be an option. So I need assistance. While I didn't do that for like rent and stuff or my mortgage, um, occasionally I had older fr- I had friends who maybe people I had dated before that were friends that you know wanted to take me out. I wouldn't date anybody new for the purposes of a relationship. But there were some people who were friends and every now and then I go to dinner with them. And it was so funny because I go to dinner and I'd order like a really good meal, like give me the ribs because I know I can eat like four and bring Deja back like six. (laughs) (laughs) So I did do that um, every now and then. But no, I didn't, I didn't look for anybody to save me. I don't even think my focus was on saving her. And I I wouldn't actually do that. I was just trying to bait you into. Yeah, no, I didn't do it. I should have. It, it probably would have been a whole lot easier. But then Dang. it's almost prostitution. I missed out. You know, let me just be clear. I said this. Um, I missed out on the whole phase. I, many women had the had that. <clears throat> yeah, many women had that. And I've always been this, like, relationship and in love and, you know, all that good stuff. I got mixed feelings about it now. No, I'm a parent, so I don't really want, you know, but I think that you should have some experience. They're going to kill me in the comments for that. You think thing. you should have some experience? <laughs> yeah, I think. Are you advising like a young lady right now <laughs> that's watching this? They're, they're on the path of being an entrepreneur. You're saying, hold on. You might want to go have oh. your fun. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a clear difference between men and women, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of young girls get caught up into relationships that are not going anywhere because we get attached so quickly, whereas men see options. So there's something different. And I was a young girl who would get attached like really quickly. I could also, though, detach just as quickly as I became attached. But, um, you know, just just having fun. And when I say that, I mean, um, 
everybody is not meant to have a relationship at 15 years old till death do them part. And so many people are, you know, high school sweethearts. And I think that's beautiful. Some people really need to have that, but we don't have to. I don't know, Shans. Let's just skip it. I I didn't have, I didn't get to go through that wild and out phase. Like people thought I was because I was in these streets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, same topic because it feels like you're uh, you're coaching people in the wrong direction. I am not. First of all, for the record, ladies, always be good to yourselves and respectful of yourselves. Yes. All I'm saying was like, I was in these streets, like in the clubs. In the clubs, hard. <laughs> just ain't nothing, wrong with, on that. ain't nothing wrong with <laughs> accepting a meal every now and again. You can absolutely accept a meal every now and then. I think I think it's important to do so as long as everybody kind of knows what's up. I can't. I just it's not in me to take advantage of anybody. So I couldn't sit across from somebody just for a meal. But if I like you and I like your conversation and you're clear about my intentions and expectations, and you still want to take me to get a meal, let's eat. Break bread. <laughs> I feel that. Let's do it. Yeah, I had a very, very interesting... First off, do you want to talk about your week? Because I know if I don't ask you about your week, you can say, oh, yeah, it's been one week. But I want. we were having a conversation... Do you want to... About your week? But... <laughs> no, 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 yeah. So tell me a little bit about... No, 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 no. Go ahead, Shans. I don't want to cut you off. All right, so we were having a uh, a conversation. Give me your name again, brother. With the With the gold hair. Give me your name again. Reese. So, me and Reese are having a conversation. Shout out, Reese. And, um, I don't know. What were we talking about? Something where he was like, yo, I, I'm cool on the freelancer thing, but, like, your experience of a job was, like, almost, it was better, almost. So, yeah, uh, like, just, just kind of so, talk through that. And come to the mic a little closer. So, what I was saying was, um, I enjoy freelance, but because I've always been in a job environment, that stability still, um, I still crave it. Mm. In still a sense. crave the stability. I like that. I like that. In the world of you got to be entrepreneur, he's like, yo, I crave the stability. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anything's wrong with that. Do you ever feel like something's wrong with that? Joe, can you use that camera and swivel it? Oh, because people. I know. Yeah, I think people need to see the gold hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> go for it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go. What were we saying again? I got it. I got sidetracked. So, um, what was my question? Was Does he ever feel like anything? Is wrong? Yes. Do you ever feel like there's anything wrong with that? Any pressure? As far with as that not a- process, because it's almost like. You were apprehensive to even say it. You know what I mean? Um, not no and yes. Um, I also I feel like I feel like I wasn't satisfied in a job per se, but I think the the tradis- traditional way of a job is what I didn't like versus me actually working working for ops. Op- Working for an entrepreneur versus working for a company. A company doesn't see you the same as a small business or somebody that is an entrepreneur. Um, I worked for the post office, so that is a big, giant company. I was an ant in the ant pile. Like, there's no, there's no connection. Even with um, me being a manager, I wasn't able to treat my employees the way I wanted to because I was micromanaged as a supervisor. 
And then it's a whole bunch of micromanagement because the company is so big and it put me in a place of depression mm. and not knowing what I wanted to do in my life because I'm going in and I'm doing the same thing over and over because the person above me is telling me this is what I need to do. So it's a different, it's a different world. I, I knew I wanted to be in the entrepreneurial world, but I didn't know where I fit in that. And I think that's what I'm going through right now, trying to figure out where I fit in in this environment. Mm. So are you still working in the corporate space? No. Okay, so you're full-time uh-huh. freelance. You're a videographer. Yes. What's your Instagram name? Uh, Stay Focused Visuals. Stay Focused Visuals. Mm. And you're looking for where you fit into the space? Yes. Not in the space as far as videography. Um, in a space as if I want to be the focus. Or... Or I'm actually working for someone. I understand. So recently had that happen um, just on my own team. I actually developed, trained and developed and coached someone into being an entrepreneur. And he's achieved great success. Yeah. He's doing, he's, he will do about $400,000 in income. But recently he said, I'd rather support you. Yeah. And even though he's perfectly qualified to be an entrepreneur in his own right, like he's got systems in place so that additional stream of income will continue to flow in. Yeah. But being actively building and promoting his own thing, he literally just said, I would rather support you. Some people are loyal to service once they find a mission that they can be or a vision that they can be attached to. Yeah, you know what I, I got from that too is that, I mean, you know, most people feel like there's a line in the stand in in the sand. You're either an entrepreneur or you work for somebody. And from your conversation, what it, what I get is like there's different types of working for somebody. Whether you're like you say an aunt and an aunt pile, or I'm a big part of building something significant, mm-hmm. which. I think is really, really commendable because I, I don't think people see that. They just see, if I'm not a boss, I'm not working for somebody, then I, 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 you know, I need to get a job and I don't want to do that either. I don't want to work for a big corporation. But that is, that is very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me ask you, what is it, what, when it comes to like money and finances, do you, is it important that you still be able to like scale up your income to a high level or would you rather just be valued in an organization making good money? Um, I think that all depends on where you're at and your personality. Um, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Me as personally? Yeah. Um, yes and no, because the money I make, I invest it into other things. So... Um, Without telling my story, I came up rough. So when I got money, I always put it aside. And I always had to take care of my own, myself. So I've always had a backup plan. So no matter how much I make, there's always a percentage going to something else. So therefore, if I lose what's bringing in money, I still have this to go in, flip, or work, work, work around with. And you're perfect. So I'm gathering your perfect scenario is a nice, stable income that you can have your money make money for you. But it's not like you necessarily 
me to like, yo, I got to scale, I got to scale my business or scale my efforts. If you make, obviously with reasonable growth, right? But it's not like your main focus is, I just want to make as much money as I can. But if you make good money, you know what to do with that good money to make more money. I want my time. And not only that I want my time, the time that I'm spending, I want it to be worth something. Mm. Mm. Um, I can be doing a million things and they can be paying me a lot of money, but it's going to get old. And I'm going to be like, why am I doing this? Like I said, I worked for the post office and I was, I started the post office at 25. Everybody told me it was a great job. Benefits, everything. I was in management. <laughs> I was the youngest supervisor in my state at the time. And I was told that you, you made it. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I was nowhere near it. I was depressed. Um, I had money and I didn't know what to do with it. Like You know, that's crazy because I can remember looking for a job that paid well and you were going to get all the benefits and you wanted to make money. And people always said, you better go work at the, you better apply at the post office. You better <laughs> apply at the go post crazy. office. Like, there was a time where they say working at the post office, everybody goes nuts. Everybody. Uh, I wonder what it really? Is. I never heard that. You never heard that? You remember? It was a it was a period like working at postal workers were associated with going absolutely. Well, crazy. it wasn't that at the time where they had like some mass shooting or something. I don't know what that happened. had happened. I think it was around that time. But first of all, let's highlight the fact that he said way back when I was twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> right? How do you know? Thirty. 33, 33. Wow. Yeah. Yo, that is, that, he said, I want my work to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I think time. that's lost in this day and age. Absolutely. I think it's lost too. I don't, I think people are so enamored. Meaning, spell I know it, you need me to break it, that down it, for spell you. It, spell it, though. Spell it, though. Spell it. E-N-A-M-O-R-E-D. Chance, you cannot right? See me. Is that right? Okay. Spell it one more time. E N A M O R E D. Don't do right? me. Y'all got to stop this foolishness. Well, spelling bee champ. Look at yes, you. Yes, actually, I was. <laughs> Let me rephrase this. Let me reword it. I think people are so in awe. You get no, that? You understand that? Okay. I think. Um, I think people like a lot. Mm-hmm. You follow? Yeah. Go. Go ahead with your story. <laughs> 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 I think people are so enamored by what they see on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think it's it works. It, it's twofold. One, on one hand, there mm-hmm. are people like Reese who may have visions, and not just you. Just there are people who have the vision of being super impactful, and they want their work to mean something. But that work might not be super lucrative. And then you have the super successful entrepreneurs right now that we get to see up front and center on the internet. You didn't have it before. So it was cool to kind of have like a mission thing. Like, I just want to do this with purpose, with my chest. And I was like, but that don't make no money though. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. so some people make it look whack to just really be working. Like, you know, there are people who would pack everything up that they own and put it in like an old broken down cargo van to travel around the world to rescue stray animals or something. And we would be like, where's the monetization in that, though? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what I, which is a challenge to me, too, is everybody 
that's good at something stops doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you find a videographer really good at videography, and then eventually, they build they're just teams. too good to be a videographer. They're building teams now, yeah. got courses, coaching. Which is, I mean, it's commendable. I like it. Like, why wouldn't you grow? There's level. But what happened to the person that loved what they do? As long as they make money doing it, I'm just going to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to find that. I need to find it. You 3D, you don't. He's like, yo, I, I edit, but I need to find my editor team. Which I get, which makes sense. It really does. Like, why wouldn't you want to maximize your income potential? I think because we are making it like, and not even we, but society is just making it where you're either earning six figures or you're failing big. I know what you're thinking. How the heck do you make money from a podcast? Is David just doing this podcast because he likes it or there's a heavily monetized strategy attached to it? Well, it's both. I really love talking and interviewing people and getting free game from really successful people. But also, um, this is a seven-figure podcast. I'm telling you right now, there's so much money in podcasting and we're early in the space. I really feel like it's 2009 and I'm telling you to buy Bitcoin. I'm right now telling you to start podcasting because in five, 10 years, it's skyrocketing. Those are the names that are going to be the ones who have the voices in our world, the ones that start a podcast right now, okay? So I put together everything I know about podcasting in an easily digestible program, okay? So go to podcastersblueprint.com and you know I got to give you all some love, okay? Enter code social proof. I'm taking 20% off so you can get your voice heard, all right? So this podcast that you're loving and enjoying, there's other people that's going to love and enjoy yours too, okay? Podcastersblueprint.com. Let's get back to the episode. I think there's a lot of that happening right now. Like, who's really respecting the person who makes $28,000 a year doing something that they're passionate about? Now, women don't want to date men like that. Men now don't want to date women like that. People don't, you know, you're not, you're not qualified to be in the circle because the sum of the average of my five friends closest to me, <laughs> like, you, you're bringing the value way down. And um, I think we got to be more responsible. Like there are, um, there are, there are people who are highly, highly, highly visionaries and passionate about the things that they're doing. And maybe we're not doing a great job at highlighting that too. Yeah. Like bring somebody on that. I'm not making any money from it, but I am changing my part of the world. True, 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 true. Let's, I, Let's have a conversation on how to be happy as an entrepreneur. Mm. How do you how do you, how do how do you become happy as an entrepreneur? So for and I guess it'd be different for different people, but I realize that there is a certain amount of money that if I make, I'm happy. This month, actually, I didn't, I ain't really go hard. Me either. I've been I've been happy in this space, whether you're with your family or just and just looking back over the year, like the, the the brand that you built. And obviously, a lot of things have happened, you know, throughout this month for me. But I I, I think I think it's important not to let the world push you into becoming what the world deems as successful. I agree. I also think it's important to really dig deep and understand what it really means to be happy 
and what it means to be happy with a result. What do you mean? So you can be happy with how business went, but not happy with your whole life, right? So it's just like um, actors are most known, well, not most known, but for me, most known I can think of are actors and entertainers who achieve great success, like Robert Williams, I think was his name. Robert Williams at the top of his game, high, you know, highly paid as an actor and comedian, and he makes people laugh. He appears happy, really proud of himself in business, but then he goes and commits suicide mm. because things in his life are still not adding up for him to, you know, whatever degree. And this happens so much. Like, people should appear to be happy based on what they're accomplishing in their professional goals. But it doesn't lead to happiness, like, in your whole life. I think one of the challenges are chasing chasing what we think is going to make us happy. And when you catch the things you thought was going to make you happy and realize it's just a thing. So you might be chasing six figures. And if that if that doesn't make you happy... So, Joe, what is... You've experienced maybe your biggest income month this year, yes? Oh, we're at the biggest income month now? I mean, I'm sure... That's there was how we're a, talking? I'm sure there was a month this year that you've had... Well, let me ask you. Outside of... Well, are we including, like, tax returns throughout your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, would that be an income month? You got a 10K tax return? Like, oh, we lit. So... And you don't have to share the number, I don't, I don't suppose, but if you don't, unless you don't want to. But Reese, if you can get him head to toe real quick, just because <laughs> he, he wants the, it. Well, he, he wants, wants let's, it. Let's get the part to the feet. We got to get the haircut to the tippy it's toes. Just, just, yo, <laughs> Joe is breaking bread. He's getting to the bag right now. I'm just taking advice from my brother. You know, he told me, I, start, I got to start dressing better. I told him. That's you all. Know, if I really want no more know. basketball shorts. No more basketball shorts. And cut no off sweatpants and all that good stuff. You know, I got to start dressing a lot better. You know, listen, so you in here looking like better. good money. Good money. I mean, you good know, money. I've been in the gym lately, you know, losing this good weight, you know, eating right. So life is life is good. Joe in here with good. coronation. <laughs> it took me a little while this morning. But. Branded hoodies, custom branded hoodies. I'm like, it's my all right. Hoodie. All right. So let's get to it. Uh, and my, my mind is not on. But anyway, y'all go for it. But yes, has, has this year produced your biggest month income-wise? Yeah. So it has. when I first quit my job in May, <clears throat> I had, you had texted me, I think like two or three months later, I was like, yo, like calculate your monthly expenses, like all that stuff and what you've made. And I did it and I was like, yo, this is crazy. And I, I was kind of shocked. So I had to go do a double check. I make sure I was calculating correct. It's like math is not my strong suit. Hmm. And I texted you back. I, was, yo, I think I've doubled or like, I've almost doubled my income for when I was making my job. And from there, it helped me realize that the opportunities are unlimited. Like, there is, like, there's no cap in entrepreneurship. Versus having a job, there's a cap. Like, 27 paychecks out of the year, you're capped. I knew every month, every other week, what I was getting paid every other week, it was just, it was going to be the same. Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing that there's so much more money out there, and there's a lot more money out there that I can actually get. I just don't go get it. I know I've left a lot of money on the table this year. Like, even though I've made some good money, I've made even more. I probably made I mean, you're probably left a lot on the table still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did it feel when you had that biggest month for you? Um, it wasn't like a big, like... Let me ask you. The feeling, <clears throat> the actual feeling, did it match what you thought the feeling would be? Not at all. It was just like, it's more money. But it was just, 
I think in my head, I still want more. And then probably to me, it's like, that's still not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think happiness is so hard to catch because you fit, like your idea of what this thing is going to feel like when you get in a relationship, right? You're mm-hmm. like, oh man, I could just imagine how I'm going to treat my girl, how I'm going to treat my guy. And we're going to have <laughs> trips and all that kind of stuff. And then you get in it. And you're like, whoa, what this, is that? I want what is, what's this? What is this? Part of the manual did this come from? Like, <laughs> why, why? Hold on. I thought this. And you make your first six figures and you like, one, you don't even realize it. It's like, wow, okay, I'm looking back at my numbers. This happened with Jen. She's looking back at my numbers. She's doing like $10,000 a month and stuff like that. And she's like, yo, I, it feels the same. And it's not even like my... My bank account looks different because obviously we have to become something different. But it, the the thing of like chasing the next thing. So your your next thing is six figures, right? Right. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna chase it. You're gonna catch it. And however you feel like it's going to make you feel, it's not gonna feel like that. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I think just money is just money. It's a tool, it's an object, but it's just, it doesn't dictate my happiness. My happiness is dictated on, you know, right now, the transformation I'm seeing in my body. Yeah. Like, you know, loving myself more and really, like, cultivating better relationships. Yeah. I realize that I suck at relationships. Like, horrible. Like, I can meet somebody, but that'll be it. We'll meet and the connection's gone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on more. It's just more so more of me than the financial. Like, of course, I want the financials to grow because I have plans and stuff I want to do, but... That's what I'm working on, more so me. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Happiness. Can we, um, well, make me happy as if that Display. monitor went back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think happiness is a state of being, though. And I think the moment that we stop trying to attach a milestone to happiness, we can actually be happy. Oh, keep talking good. <laughs> You're talking good. <laughs> yeah. Just put me on the spot. You don't got right? no more? You don't got no more after that? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> seriously, like if I just get in this relationship, I'll be happy. And then, like you said, you get in a relationship and it has, we had a whole long conversation about stuff like this without getting into detail yesterday. And we're, we both, we share relationship stuff and Dre does and everybody. And it's like, it's good, but it's not that bliss, you know, that, and then eventually some of that, that you feel kind of starts to fade because other feelings get involved. You get your money goal. You hit your money goal. We both had money goals this year to make seven figures. I mean, we both did it. I didn't even know that I had done it um, until I be- we had a conversation and I became intentional about really making sure. Um, and my mom said, are you happy? And I literally was like, I'm grateful. There's a difference. Like, it didn't make me happy. I am incredibly grateful Um, I'm not even really surprised that it happened because it just took a couple of tweaks. Like, I knew it would happen one day, um, but it didn't make me happy. Happy is a state of being. Like, I am happy. I think when we can learn to be happy truly without things and without people, right? That doesn't mean be a hermit, but like when I talked earlier about having lost everything, when my mom found out eventually that I lost everything, um, I was still walking around like with a smile on my face and she would walk past my room when I moved back into her house. She walked past my room like, are you stressed out at all? Are you going to do anything about this? Like, does this bother you at all? And I'm like, no, I'm not stressed out. I'm going through an unfortunate moment in my life, but what do you want me to be? Miserable and unhappy? Mm-hmm. I'm not. Because 
the money, the job, the cars, the houses, those were all things that I accomplished and they were very great moments, but they, it's not what made me happy. Like I am happy to, when I walk in the room, I light up a room. I'm happy to have the confidence that I have. I am happy to have the life that I have. I'm happy to have the access and opportunities that I have. I'm happy to have the spiritual relationship that I have. I'm happy with the values and the things that are important to me. Like I'm happy with those things. I feel loved. I feel supported. I feel, you know, protected. Um, I feel like I have a group of loyal people around me. I'm happy kind of because of the intangibles. Um, I am surely happy when it comes to finances. I am happy, not even for what it does for me, but I am so thankful that I got to do this in while my daughter was still a teenager. I am so happy that I got to make seven figures. Like one of my biggest fears was not having my mom here to see me make seven figures. And I'm happy that that I got to do that. Like those things make me happy. Having the money doesn't create happiness for me. I think you said something really key too, where your mom asked you, are you happy? And you said, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I think that's a um, a deeper level of, of um, where you want to be emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because... <clears throat> I am, um, maybe I find maybe like my happiness or my peace in being able to manage expectations. And it may be a toxic Mm -hmm. thing, but I truly believe that people will disappoint you. For sure. All of them, right? So I love, Donnie, I love you with my whole heart. I am prepared for a disappointment. And maybe the disappointment doesn't come from you doing anything malicious or me doing anything malicious. But I understand that my expectation of maybe what I think you should do and you do something else mm-hmm. <clears throat> can make me, um, can disappoint me. Yeah, right? I think that's fair. So, I, but what, what protects me is because I have that expectation, I don't have, I don't go too high and I don't go too low. Yeah. So when things happen, positive in my life. I'm excited, but I know on the back of positivity, there's some sort of negativity coming. So so think about this. On the back of having the biggest income year you ever had, that's not all positive. Because if you didn't manage the money, then tax time comes, and now you're stressed again. Because imagine making a million dollars and you have to pay 250000 but you have the same habits that you had when you were making $70,000 a year where you're just living from, from commission to commission, client to client, paycheck to paycheck. At the end of the year, yes, you made a million dollars, but now you owe $250,000, but you never developed the habit of savings and now you don't have two fifty. dollars You don't have the money to pay it, which creates a whole nother level of stress where this this. This, this sadness or frustration is riding the coattail of this happiness. This is why I think mental health is so important because should that make you unhappy? Like Which stress, part? the stress of the scenario that you just yeah. asked about. I don't think stress should make you unhappy, right? We're going to go through peaks and valleys in life. And stress is stress. It's just a high-intensity 
period of time or a high intensity emotion, right? Um, but generally, like, I was super stressed when I lost everything, but I was genuinely happy because I had the things that money couldn't buy. If we associate our happiness with a position, financial or uh, social or whatever, whenever that position is gone, we're unhappy again. But I, th- I think it goes into what you said, which was how I was going to round out the point. If you are <laughs> grateful, mm-hmm. there's very few things that can steal your joy. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing can steal your joy. So you might lose someone and it's not a happy situation, but you can find joy and peace mm-hmm. in the fact that you're grateful that you still have the rest of your family. Yeah. Like, think about, think mm-hmm. about, um, you know, we might lose someone, but look at Kobe's wife. She not only lost someone, she lost probably the two closest people to her. Now, the fact is, that's a very, very sad scenario. But she still has to, I'm sure she still finds gratefulness in the fact that she can love one or other loved ones or love one of, or be grateful in the fact that she wasn't on the plane. Yeah. But being That's grateful okay. takes practice. Yeah, I believe that spiritual, I believe that happiness is spiritual. Gratitude is also spiritual. So I learned a few years ago to always see the bright side. Like, you got to pay attention to these um what's it called? These cliches that people say, like, it's not for nothing. A lot of this stuff came from people who think on a level deeper than we'll ever get to experience. And they say things like, you have to see the bright side of everything. Well, it would be difficult to, you know, just even with what you experience to say, see the bright side of that. Mm. Well, you could. Think about Kobe and Vanessa, just like what you use. She is grateful that she and all of her children weren't on that flight or all of her children at least weren't on that flight. You're grateful that you still have something left. Um, I think it it requires a different mindset to see the good on what feels like the worst case scenario. And if you can just see the good in it, even if you're in this tax situation, well, you made a million dollars, you owe 250, but you you spent a million too. So you don't have the 250. You can be grateful. You can look at it and say, man, this is going to ruin my whole life. Let me go jump off of a cliff because it makes me so unhappy. It's not really the truth. People get in these these stressful environments and they can't see past it. So you have to train yourself to say, well, what is the good? What is the positive from this? Well, the positive is that I figured out how to make a million. So if I figured out how to make a million, maybe I can figure out how to make three million this year and clear up that, that tax problem. Also, I'm grateful for seeing exactly what I did wrong. So when it gets to $10 million, I don't do this wrong. It's not, it's not $2.5 million. Um, I am grateful. I am grateful for the money problems that I have or don't have, right? Because we're talking about a different level. We're talking about taxes right now. I'm grateful I have I have the money in the bank for whatever that number ends up being. Um, but I, w- I wish I had done some things differently. I made some gross mistakes when it came to doing things a little more strategic to protect more of my money. But I'm not going to be unhappy about that. I'm just going to do it differently next year. I'm grateful for the lesson because it could always be worse. It's not, it's not final. We're still, we're still here. Does anyone here know how to practice gratefulness or yes. anybody got a hack on being... Go for it, Chris. 
All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon, we put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay. So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is, um, the support is appreciated. Okay. Thank you so much. Now back to the episode. So you guys are touching on great subjects today. I'm very happy here. <laughs> so I want to say, start off with that, with the, you know, just the mindset of being an entrepreneur and how difficult it is. Definitely agree with my mans over here on, you know, the stability of it all and, and how that plays a mind, you know, a game in the mind of, am I qualified? Am I, you know, am I, do I have enough expertise? Can I continue to scale it? And like, is that, is that balance of, I need the safety and security to pay my bills, make sure the family's good, but I also want to hit unlimited growth potentials and sure. not be, you know, stopped. So you end up having those two type of things. Um, some of the hacks that I use with, with my family and my business partners is more so like what you're talking about with stress, right? Like there's, we made more money this year than I've ever made in my life. And I've also like, you said, it didn't feel like it. Like I didn't feel like, oh, we hit six figures, what? Like, like I didn't even know. Like I was just like, we still got all these bills and all these clients and all this stuff we still got to do. <laughs> like, it's still a regular day. So I feel like um, the some of the things we use is like when it's a stressful problem, like I'm always constantly saying like, oh, this client is stressing me out or this situation is stressing me out. And my cousin always says to me, who's my business partner, you know, it's not stress. Like, we're blessed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we got these clients to even have a headache to deal with. If not, we would have had no money. <laughs> so he's in that perspective, that perspective is so important. hard to attain, bro. And it's very, it's, but it's very important to have the people to kind of continuously, it's kind of like a dog training, mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. the treat. Okay, you're right. It's not stress. We blessed. We got the clients. Okay, keep changing it, keep changing it to the point where we now, instead of saying stress in any situation, we try to say we have a, um, a growth, uh, what was it? What is it? Growth opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So this is the opportunity for us to grow past the problem, past the stress. So those type of little verbiage in the conversation, because it's very difficult when you're in a business and you go and tell somebody, I feel like this client's about to drop us tomorrow. Everything's hit the fan. What are we going to do? And then somebody comes to you and says, well, what's the growth opportunity here? Instead of what's the stress? What's the Mm -hmm. problem? Mm -hmm. When you answering that, you just talking about the negative. But when you're answering the growth opportunity, oh, but maybe if we did this, that could be the solution. Or maybe if we did this, now you're talking about solution-based. And I feel like everything, even with the gratefulness stuff, there's been time where I had to share a $3 bundle. You get what I'm saying? Like with my wife and with with my boy. Like literally all three of us had to share one $3 bundle. (laughs) What is a $3 bundle? A meal. McDonald's. $3 bundle? You get the burger, you get the... Come on, you ain't even... He ain't even on that level. He's like, I don't even know about $3 bundle. Oh man, you the you the dog. McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's food is like it's so, like a science project. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that went wrong. I was definitely <laughs> experimenting. <laughs> went wrong. But that wow. but that's that same that experience, good. like you said, it makes you very aware of what's actually valuable in life. And like the fact that my wife was there when I was 
sharing that $3 bundle with her and she's here sharing the six figures with me, that's the moment that I'm blessed and thankful for those moments with her, with my cousin, with all this stuff. Because those are the things that we could, like you said, we could make 10 million, we could lose 10 million. But if we keep on that same energy and same positive, we're the ones that created this situation. Yeah. Everything like, I, we look at each other, we look at our numbers, we're like, we created six figures from our head. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal yeah like that's very difficult especially when you're talking about coming from a job environment coming from 
I know what I'm going to be making every single week consistently. Every single week, I don't know what I'm going to be making now. You know what I'm saying? Every single week, I got to make sure it hits the number to pay the payroll. I want to extract the, the major point that I got from that is the number number one, <clears throat> we're take, taking steps, is changing your language. Absolutely. Changing your language. Absolutely. So the the the, the some of the languages, woe is me. And some people live. That's their vocabulary. Those are the words that they choose to use. The woe is me. The I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. But it takes... This sucks. This is so bad. Oh. I'm dead. Like, that's there's little things that we say and we don't even realize we're speaking our own demise. Like, people be like, yo, I'm dead. <laughs> Stop. Like, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're going to drop dead, right? Mm-hmm. But what could it potentially be attracting to you? Like, when that came out, I think my daughter was in middle school or high school or something. She's in college now. And I say, you can't say that. Like, to me, it's, it's the same as saying a curse word. You cannot say that. Or like, oh, this is so bad. Stop saying that. Yeah. Because we literally speak into existence what, you know, what, what, what happens to us. So I love what you were saying. Um, ironically, I learned one of those shifts on a corporate job that I had in the training program when I worked in property management. Um, two things that I learned that have stuck with me and just work with work with me. And maybe that has something to do with why I didn't get completely stressed and unhappy. Mm-hmm. Maybe stressed sometimes, but not unhappy. Um, when you see things that go wrong, you ask yourself, what's the opportunity here? What's the, what's the opportunity for growth? Where can we grow, right? We might lose this client, but how do we grow from this so we don't lose the next three? That's one. The next is, instead of focusing on what you can't do, is what you can do. So remember I told the story about just give them the pickle yeah. and the customer service rep was like, we can't give you the extra pickles without you paying the fee. And he wrote the CEO and the CEO is like, just just give them the pickle. So what can you Explain do? Explain the scenario. Just kids ain't see the episode. Oh yeah, they didn't Sounds see the weird. episode. Well, yeah. let's 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 shift gears on it because I don't want it. It's a long story. It's a good story though. It is a really good story. So for you example, remember stories, I do remember the story. The story doesn't story. change. Story. Let me let me round out this point. Instead of focusing on this is one of my pet peeves. Um, I get on my support team about this. Like I have seen them say, "Oh well, we can't do that," right? Like, let's say somebody requests a refund. My products or my programs are non-refundable. Once you access them, I can't take the information back. And so I saw once before someone say, I'm so sorry, we can't do that. No! <laughs> Instead of what we can't do, what can you do? You, If you want to have a great customer service team and your customers are happy, you always want to lead with, what can I do? Well, this is what we can do. It's against our policy to issue a refund, but what we can do is do X, Y, and Z. The story about the pickle. So <clears throat> there was this burger franchise or there is this burger franchise. I learned this maybe 15 years ago. Um, may- maybe a little less than that. Anyway, burger franchise in the airport. And this guy, corporate professional, travels all the time. He goes from airport to airport and he always stops to eat this particular burger. And apparently every single time he asks for extra pickles. Well, he gets to this and they give it to him, no problem. He gets to one airport and the cashier is like, oh, well, there'll be a, like a 50 cent upcharge for these pickles. And he's like, a 50 cent upcharge? That's ridiculous. I travel. I eat here all the time. I've never paid 50 cents for pickles. And she's like, I'm so sorry. That's our policy. If you want extra pickles, you have to pay the extra premium. 
So he decides to write the CEO a letter and he wrote it while he was, he got on his flight, he writes the CEO a letter and when he gets wherever he's going, he sh- he mails the letter or it was an email maybe. And <clears throat> he never thought that this CEO, because this is a big fur- burger franchise, he never thought the CEO would actually get it. Well, he ends up getting a response from the CEO and the CEO is apologetic and he's telling him, you know, you'll never have to, you've inspired a training moment in my company, mm-hmm. right? And Anywhere you go, you will get guaranteed you will get the pickles. For sure. And so he created this training implementation in his program based off of this one disgruntled employee, um, customer. He's thinking how many other customers have been ticked off because they didn't get the extra cheese or the extra pickles that, you know, and he's thinking about the cost factor here. If I had lost this customer who travels weekly, who at least buys one burger meal from me, if I add that up and compare it to 50 cents, that it costs for the pickles, I've lost big. So he trains his team. Now there's a training um, where it says, give them the pickle. If we can do a small gesture to make a big difference, give it. Who cares about the policy? We want to continue to value our customer for, for a lifetime. And so the company that I worked for at that time, a property management company, I was a trainer for that company. And I learned that story there because they implemented it in their training. Just mm-hmm. give them the pickles. So for example, people used to come into the office uh, and say, hey, can you send a fax for me? Well, yeah, it's 25 cents to send the fax. Oh man, I don't have any cash. Some people will say, sorry, come back when you have a quarter. Mm-hmm. Somebody else who understands to just give them the pickle will say, no problem. Just next time, just come prepared. I'll send this fax for you today. Yeah. yeah. So that went on a, a whole different tangent, but Using the right language, this is an opportunity. Where's the opportunity here? Like this relationship is going terribly. Where's the opportunity here? And then also one of the things that works so well for me. Before we get into that particular point, um, I think it's still root. The the CEO Mm -hmm. can see the person and be grateful for the customer. Yes. The employee in that story is just seeing what I can get from the customer. Mm. So I think sometimes, especially as entrepreneurs, um, we're thinking like this is, so I, I, I talk to Jen all the time. So Jen, she'll, she'll tell you all the time, like, yo, with emails and a language, it ain't, that ain't my strong Not my thing. You know, so <laughs> we strong in different areas, right? So she understands what we are trying to um, accomplish. And we just had a conversation around, (laughs) we've got to be grateful for every person that complains. Yes. Because we have 50 people that are satisfied versus the one complainer, which means we have to have the one complainer to have the 50 satisfied customers. That's just how it works. So anytime somebody complains about something, we need to be grateful for that one because we're getting that one out of the way because we got 50 more clients that we can serve. Mm-hmm. And then we can always look forward to, kind of like what I was saying, I expect things not to go perfectly, which allows me to be grateful because I understand you have to take, like Myron said, everything has two sides. You've never seen a one-sided piece of bread. He said, you've never seen a one-sided piece of paper. No matter how thin the paper is, mm-hmm. you'll never see one side. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the positive, but right next to the positive, there's going to be negative. But what's cool is, if you hang on to that philosophy, you understand that right next to the negative, 
there's always another side of that, which is positive. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that thought process. Talk to me. Um, let me get these two things out real quick. Two other simple vocabulary shifts I get to, mm-hmm. and I am so happy and grateful now that. Yeah, I like I, that. Every single day, I say, I am so happy and grateful now that I get to be better at, you know, if, if an argument went wrong with a friend, I'm so happy and grateful that I get to be better in my communication today, yeah. right? Those things. When you have an issue, instead of saying, man, this happened to me or I have to, start saying, I get to. Like, I get to figure out how I'm going to make my next $1,000. When you start saying that, like, yo, I get to figure out how I'm about to make my next... Shaz, what's going on with you today? I get to figure it out. I get to figure it out. That's what's going... It's just a simple mindset shift, but you can't convince everybody to speak that language. They have to be willing and in search of becoming on their own. Ah, that's good. Give me what you didn't agree with, because I'd like to have yes. a conversation. So you said that um, you expect that the disappointment or the something bad is around the corner. Yeah. I think I get it, and I understand why. And I know that people are people, and they are going to disappoint us. Um, <clears throat> however, I also believe so much in manifestation that if we begin to just expect there's a worst case scenario on top of this, on the other side of this best case scenario, you'll get it. You're attracting it because you'll look for it. I appreciate that you're being faithful to me and you've been faithful this whole year, but I expect you to cheat. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's that, but actually my expectations or my, yes, my, my, Let's say my negative expectations allow me to give grace. Mm -hmm. So I know that, let's say, my wife is not going to do everything that I like. And I know I'm going to come across her thought process. The good news is, in her heart, I know she's not trying to hurt me. In her heart, and she knows that in my heart, I'm not trying to hurt her. But because... I can I can accept the fact that humans are humans mm-hmm. and they see things the way that they see things. And I know 100% that Joe is not going to, um, Joe is not going to show up 100%. It might be 98%, right? Something. 60-ish. <laughs> oh, 60, my man. <laughs> but it allows me to, it allows me to <clears throat> extend grace mm-hmm. because I know that I'm going to disappoint you. I understand that. Well, so my expectation of the my expectation of negativity one makes me a realist in my opinion. Okay. And two, it softens the blow when bad things happen. Well, and that's what I think it is. I, I don't I don't think it's a good strategy in terms. I don't think it's a good strategy. I think it's a defense mechanism. Like if I go ahead and expect that the bad is going to come when it comes. I already expected it, so it's not so bad. It's it's a defense mechanism. But all you okay, you've never had a relationship that was all good. I know that, no. and I've never been in all your relationships. You've never had a okay. Do me a favor, name something that's always been good. No negative side to it. I can't think of anything that's always you have been an good. Amazing daughter. Mm-hmm. You love your daughter. Yeah, we've had come, some tough times. Had some tough times, or not even by anybody's fault. 
something bad happens to her and it it causes an emotion because you love her so much. Mm-hmm. Like it causes a negative feeling and it's nothing, it's out of your control. Let's say somebody breaks her heart and now you got to go drive. That is not, that's not like, a, it's not, it's not all good. It makes you a realist in my opinion. Yeah, but I don't enter into situations with the expectation that it feels good today and it, you're probably going to do something to make me feel not so good later. What I focus on more so is me. So mm-hmm. I have learned to detach myself from the free will of other human beings. And people will tick you off. And sure. I have become really good at, all right, bet. <laughs> is that your language? That's I my bet. language. Because <laughs> what happens next is, is directly reflective of who I have developed into. So I don't really care what you do. I'm more so concerned about how I've trained myself to respond. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's that. more so about that. But I still just don't place like I I expect you to be faithful. And if you are unfaithful, it is, it's not a, oh, I was expecting that. You better right. get, all right, bet. Let me clear it up. You can't expect specific outcomes. You can't, ex- like, it's not like I'm going to expect this person to cheat. But you can rely on the fact that this will not always be a positive scenario. There's some things you have to watch out for. If you right. if you are planting seeds in a garden, you can't just go with the expectation that the weeds aren't coming. You have no. to know. You have to manage it. You so have to. I actually expect greatness from you, period. True. Having a bad day where maybe we get into an argument, which has never happened, but if we did, and we were upset with each other, that doesn't take away from your greatness. I still For expect sure. greatness from you. You disappointed me in that moment, but I still expect greatness from you. Right, but let me let me tell you, let me give you this side. If we ever did get in an argument, I'm I expect hands. you, I, I expect you to be a human. And in my, in my own mind, I'm thinking, Donnie's just having a day. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not expecting you to be like to a, to appear the way I see you ninety nine percent of the time. I just don't expect it because I just understand that maybe maybe something will be handled mm-hmm. differently. Okay, so I was watching this show. I don't typically watch these shows. Let me just preface this, but I was watching uh, Selling Tampa. Yo, let's talk about it. I you got feelings. I, I binge watched it in a day. Yeah, me too. Me and Dre, me and Dre, we watched it. One. You think it's about real estate, but it don't. it's not about <laughs> no, 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 real estate. So it's the two friends. It's what's her name, Chloe or Coley? Chloe. Chloe. Um, Chloe. Are you talking about Colony. the Shalanda Colony? Colony and her friend that reminds me of Star Dawkins. She does. <laughs> she does. So look, so them two are together. Spoiler alert. Them two are together, and Rena is thinking about leaving. I can't believe I'm like. I'm like, Rena's so like, we out, opening a brokerage. Yeah, Rena's about to open her brokerage, right? So she comes to Colony and the other girl. Dang, I can't forget. I'm going to look up their yeah, names. Look We're going to respect them. Yes, let's, let's <laughs> respect it. Because she's dope. She's super, I, I just like her swag. But she reminds me 100% of Star. But Colony and, what's her name? Uh, what's the name of the show? Tampa Selling Tampa. Selling Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, so until we get her name. Those are like the top, two top producing agents for Allure. Allure is Realty. that um, Ann? 
No, that's not Anne. She don't look like Anne. Let me see. Anne Sophie. Let Hold on. I don't. I'm, I got to look at the images. Yeah, let me look at the images. They just ran down. Yeah, it is Anne. That's Anne. She don't look like yeah. Anne. <laughs> You're talking about Anne. Like, what do you think Anne? She doesn't look like that. But she anyway, don't look like an Anne. So, a Colony <laughs> and Anne are the two top producing agents for mm-hmm. Allure Realty. <clears throat> we're, we're raising the ratings right now. This is we good. are. It's awesome because it's all like all black woman owned. Did you love the show, first of all? Did I love the show? It was all right. I was slightly disappointed in the show. I was slightly disappointed. I didn't have any expectations because I didn't know because I heard of the show and I didn't know what to expect. Well, I, I was expecting, I really wanted to see some bossed up women who were killing it. And they were positive and supporting each other. And it just, it played on that same storyline of drama. Yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed right. yeah. in that. I really, really, now I do like how the the owner, the main, what's her name? Sherelle? Sherelle. Sherelle. Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, that is her, that's her name. Yep. Sherelle. I do like how Sherelle confronted things directly and we didn't have to wait for a reunion for that to happen, right? Like, typical. True. But I really just wanted to see... issues with her leadership style. Though. Oh, me too. I do. Oh. But I did like how she confronted her stuff. Yeah. She owned her stuff. I had some issues with her leadership style. Yeah. I just... I was really craving, like, finally, okay, selling Tampa. This is some bossed-up Black women killing it in real estate. Oh, y'all hating on the other chick and y'all y'all secret meetings, you stealing from each other. Like, you know, yeah. she tried to steal her talent. And yeah, for sure. I was just disappointed that it took that turn, but I was thoroughly entertained. I will watch yeah, season two. For sure. Yeah, y'all, <laughs> let, me, let me get my point before I forget. Okay. So, Rena approaches the two top agents for Allure, Allure Realty <laughs> and she's like, I'm about to leave and start my own brokerage. Mm-hmm. So, Colony and Ann are really close friends, like BFFs. Mm-hmm. What happened was Colony didn't like the way that Anne was receptive to going with Rena and the new company because she thought that they should be loyal to Sherelle and Allure Realty. Y'all follow me? Okay, good. Go watch the show. It's really good. I don't know about really good. It's it's a cool show. It's very entertaining. Yeah, very entertaining. But what happened was Colony and Anne had a little riff because... Anne didn't respond the way Colony thought she should respond. And in Colony's mind, that is a character flaw in Anne because she wants to do other opportunities. So her expectation that that Anne would respond the way that she responds or react the way that she reacts or answer the way that she answers, her expectation of that ruined their relationship. And it's not right or wrong. It's just her expectation had her beef with Anne. Now, I was proud of how Anne responded to it because a couple of episodes later, so they had this conversation and Colony's like, Anne, I'm really surprised. Like, it makes me question who you are, exactly. right? Okay, so this is a conversation just between the three of them. Well, a few episodes later, your girl Colony... She's a savage. I, yo, Colony is with Sherelle, the owner. I don't rock with right? her. She was a little... Colony is with Sherelle. I mean, Colony, Sherelle, the owner, who they're talking about leaving, Mm -hmm. and Anne are in the same conversation. And Colony, who's supposed to be Anne's BFF, is like, I mean, let's just call it what it is, Anne. You were very open and receptive to leaving. Exactly. You were very open to it. Like, you you weren't talking loyalty. You know, because Anne was giving very diplomatic responses to Sherelle. Mm -hmm. You know, not, not putting her business out there. And Colony was like, hold up. 
you're wait, wait, wait. You're singing a really different tune right now yeah. because when this conversation happened, BFF, you were very open and receptive to leaving. Exactly. And Anne just looked like, yo. Yeah, you calm down. Calm down. So they end up going out later. That day was awkward. But Colony approached Anne and said, you know, I feel like we got some beef ever since I told Sherelle. And I would have been ready to be like, you right, we got beef. Right. Like, you know, that was totally flaw for you to do. And Anne received her back with open arms. And to me, what Colony did was the bigger character flaw. Oh, 100%. Period. And then she told the other, Alexis, maybe? She told the other girl, I yeah, can't believe her business. <laughs> I'm in here. Oh, Word on the street her. is Alexis is really unhappy with yeah. you not supporting and, her. Yeah, yeah. So, so she started talking about how the girl Rena's about to leave. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Rock Colony, she Colony, and she's the one who has the most major beef with Joanna. Yes, the office manager. So yes. Colony is a problem all the way around. <laughs> all the characters, bro. and and that's the part that I was I was it's just kind of disappointed. Like the yeah. other ladies were handling business, mm -hmm. and I understood why Rena wanted to leave. Like now we're talking about a money issue. Yeah. I was your day one. I don't feel valued, yeah. so I understood that business conversation needed to happen. That's real, and the drama is real too. But I think we have enough portrayal of that. Yeah, like, can we sure. just boss up and work, get mm. stuff done? Yes, sir. I have the same experience with my wife with the Selling Sunset show. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. How is this? It shows nothing about that. It has nothing to do with it. So that, but um, I wanted y'all to go back and talk a little bit about the, the being happy as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and the other aspects besides the business part that make us either happy or unhappy. Because one thing that I realized too is like the happiness of building the business, the process of it is fun and, but it's right. obviously an emotional roller coaster. But just as much, it's even more harder or even harder as an entrepreneur to balance the other regular life things that other people have going on for them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't know, hanging out with your family all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. different type of little basic stuff. But like, I feel like even the relationship, whether a person is willing to, to be a part of the business or not, you know what I mean? And all these type of different um, scenarios. I'd like to talk like you guys to go in, in depth on as high-figure entrepreneurs, how you guys deal with those other aspects that have nothing to do with the business. But obviously, as the entrepreneur who's running the business, if your wife is upset at you, you're upset at, in a situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, so how sure. do you work those type of, you know, compartmentalizing, essentially? Let me be the first to say that me and David don't have it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> We're owning it. We're only, we don't know. We don't have it figured <laughs> out. But what, and that's, that's just, that's just that. I can say that the things that make me happy outside of business, I already went through it, but from other people feeling supported and understood, right? Feeling supported and understood um, and still being invited, yeah. right? Because people assume all the time, were you just going to say no? That could be true. But still invite me, right? Just, just, just still invite me. When it comes to like, I don't have the rest figured out. Like we're, we don't have the formula for it all. And we're still human. And just like, we're going to reach a point in business where we don't have it figured out. Like you said, the building it part was fun. To me, that was not so fun. The serving now that it's built for me is fun, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, we don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I'll speak for myself. And as I reach new levels in business, I have to learn and figure it out. Um, but one thing that I do know that happens in business, when I don't know something, I seek professional help. I get a coach, I get a mentor, I pay for a course or whatever, whatever I have to invest to figure it out, it gets handled. 
and I'm super intentional about it. And just recently, I've been that intentional in a relationship because, you know, in a marriage or, or a significant relationship, if it doesn't work, like the old me is just like done, right? I'm, I'm super done with this. I didn't seek resources. Like, are there some resources that could help me work through situations like this better? This year specifically, um, I have sought after resources, right, to help navigate certain aspects of a relationship. And I think that might, might be a missing piece for a lot of people. Like, we pour all of this energy into finding resources. If something has to happen, if your money isn't being deposited into your account, you are going to sit there and spend the day. If your operations people can't figure it out, you're going to sit down and you're going to figure it out. The money, ha- the result has to happen, sure. right? I have to get paid. In relationships, though, we'll prioritize everything else around it. Like, I got this issue at home, but I have a meeting. Mm-hmm. I have the morning meetup. I have a call. I got a podcast I got to do. And maybe sometimes we should just say, no, I'm going to sit down until everything else gets canceled because this is as valuable to me. And honestly, when it's all said and done, this will be more valuable to me than any dollar that I could have made. Maybe that's the position that I'll go into 2022 with is like, nope, we got a problem. You are as, you know, you are as important, if not more important than anything else that I have going on. We're going to sit in here and we're going to lock in and we're going to reach out to our resources and figure it out until we learn how to solve this problem. Is that what's happening? No, I'm, I said maybe. Yeah, yeah, I've be, been be thinking the same. Like there's so many. It's not happening. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be mad easy to like know. It's like, it's easy to know what to do. Mm-hmm. But then you have to like go yeah. do it. What's you easy what I mean? to do is also not easy to do. That's a fact. That's a fact. I need to... F- but I just had that epiphany. So I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm answering his question and I'm thinking through it and I'm like, yo, we need to lock in. Yeah, We need to lock in and we need to hold each other as accountable to being just good people all the way around, regardless of who the other party is, your kids, your spouse, your team, whatever it is. We got to hold each other accountable to be great, like well-rounded. That's real. Yo, I was, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this right up soon, but <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine and he's going through like, kind of like relationship stuff. And I'd be like, it's, it's so, it'd be so kind of dry, like, so what you gonna do? You you out? You gonna stay? What you gonna, like? What what you gonna do? And but I don't give that type of business advice. Mm-mm. You would not. You you remember even even in business, I remember there's been certain times when I'm like, can I just? And you like, no. He's gonna stand there until he figures yep. it out. The second time she lost her social media, she's like, yo, I'm done with social media, period. And I'm like, nah, we gotta, we gotta build it. We gotta build it. It's just one of those things. I'm giving her all the cool motivational quotes I can think of saying we gotta fight through this and we gotta do it. But if we start talking about you just in a relationship and you don't like it, and it seems like the other person don't like it, so and there's some do? friction, yo, just you know what I mean? Just what you gonna do. Well, and I remember even gonna make you happy, fam. Just a, you know what I mean? a lot of even hitting the monetary goals for us both is all the people we had around us saying, yo, did you hit your goal this month, this week? Did you hit the number? Did you get your number? Did you get your number? We did that for a long time. Like, did you hit your goal this month? Did you hit your goal? And when you have that level of accountability, it makes you go harder to hit this goal. I have never checked in with you and said, Shans, are you being a good man? Are you being a good husband? Mm -hmm. I have said things like, when's the last time you did something nice for Dre? And Mm -hmm. then you'll do it and it turns into a positive result, right? So... We need to make a habit of, like, the proof. The proof is right there. Start asking your friends, 
Have you have you been a good man this week? Yeah, that was your husband. Have you been husbanding? Have you been husbanding? Are you wifing this week? Right, are you doing right. the good? Did you spot? Are you loving her in her love language? Goodness crazy. Let's start doing that, Let's yo. We can shift that. the culture. <laughs> we can. Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give different. Dang, now I gotta make a phone call. <laughs> I gotta take my wife to Dang, it. I gotta make a call. I, I get my wife to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was being a jerk a little bit last night. I was being a jerk. Were so. you last yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dang. A little bit. Shit, uh, not we... bad. Not bad, but I was a jerk. We had a whole I conversation be last night. I could be better. Yo, I yeah, I mean, and we've been, yo, last, we've been having amazing, um, hmm. chill out. <laughs> <laughs> we've been having amazing dialogue in, like, just a, an amazing time. Like, she just understands me and I understand her. Is And I and I just, you know, I'll be in my feelings sometimes. Often. Y'all will be surprised how often this man is in his feelings. But no, let me ask you this. A, not as often, because I, I can say that I am growing and it is getting better. It's getting better. My wife would Insert say Insert awkward pause for those of you who are listening on audio. But... <laughs> Shans, you have my permission to hold me accountable to being my best self in all areas, not in just business. Back up. Is it up? No, you have my permission to hold me accountable wherever it applies. Good, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like the answer to that <laughs> Chris is wrong. definitely our uh, he co-host. He's in on this. No, like, on this I really love this topic. I think that what you said right now is the answer. It's growth, continuous growth. Mm-hmm. So in, in entrepreneurship and you know our other relationships and things like that, it does, it's never going to be always perfect or whatever, but as long as you know that you're continuously growing together, I feel like that's what keeps me, you know, in the game for yeah. all of it. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. So I think that's the that's the key for any entrepreneur out there who is upset or sad. Think about the growth of where you were last year to where you are now. Yeah, it has to be measurable growth, though, because some people be thinking growth and I be looking like, you ain't changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Like, what are we measuring? What'd you grow in? Right. Beard hairs? Like, what are we doing? What are we counting? What are we measuring? So right. it does need to be. And, and so that brings me to another point. Like, creating metrics. We understand fully what moves our business forward. We know exactly what numbers we have to pull to determine if we are growing or wasting money. We know the metrics. Identify with the metrics. You need KPIs in your key performance indexes. You need KPIs in your relationship. You need KPIs as a parent. You need KPIs as a leader in business. You need to understand what these metrics are. So, for example, like in a relationship. Well, three months ago, 90 months ago, 90 days ago, my wife was complaining that we didn't have a consistent date night. Have I gotten better 90 days later? Hmm. Well, we've had one date night a week since she made that complaint. I would consider that growth. Yeah. We've done X, Y, and Z since then. I would consider, like, measure it, track it. Y'all, this is life-changing. But the information itself is not life-changing. The implementation and execution of it is. That's where the life change lives. When you go home and do the stuff. Text your wife, too. I just Yo, feel like text you your significant other right now. Right wherever now. you're watching this or listening to this, go ahead and apologize. Like, text even that. if it wasn't your fault, just... Just apologize for entertaining what was their fault. Yeah. Joe, you got anybody to text? <laughs> no? Nobody to text? Okay. Joe, you need to get somebody to text. I'm sick of this. You need to find somebody to text. Well, we never saw her, though. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Joe, Have you ever seen her? It's feeling real imaginary-ish right she now. She was, yo, it's this ghost girlfriend he had. Like, First of all, I don't have any game. 
Let's start there. Okay. So, <laughs> clear the air. Joe has no game. I don't know. That I mean, was basketball got... short sweatpants, Joe. Uh, this is true. Like, my, my, hoodies, I feel like my confidence hard on like, the side. It's a different... You got I mean, little swivel going on. I was at the gym, was at the gym on uh, Saturday, right? Gotcha. I saw this girl. We made eye contact. And I was okay. like... Okay, Joe. And I, I saw this girl walk to the bathroom real quick. I just walked past her to yep. see if I could get something. All right. I went to the bathroom, just went to the bathroom, wiped the sweat off the face, came back out, and then it was like, whew, downhill again. So it's just like that instant, that little one piece where it's trying to like just to connect with somebody. Yeah. Just you know say what hi. you should do? You know what you should do though? As a not even to get a, a relationship, but there's a there's a there's a part of your life that is punking you. For there's sure. A part of your life that owns you. And uh Jonathan, without going to the story, Jonathan Green told this story of how he was uh really shy, like extreme introvert. So he said he's going to go do karaoke. I have no problem doing karaoke. Well, I mean, well, I'm just saying, issue. come on, get the point, Joe. Come on, come Joe. On, Joe. Don't, don't be so literal, the Joe. Point is, the point is, you sometimes have to force yourself to do something that you understand is uncomfortable, but once you do it, you've owned that part of your life. That's crazy you say so, that. I was literally having this conversation with myself in the car like two days ago. Yo, you know what we're going to do? We, so we got another episode after this. We're going to go to the mall. He's going to walk up to a girl and introduce yourself. <laughs> What's up, babe? You're going to be so terrified. Your heart's going to pump like crazy. You're going to be like, sexy, can I? <laughs> hey. Oh, but do the Marianne dance yeah. that you walk up to her. <laughs> Joe, we about to right, turn right. you up. But we, 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 we are so... Um, this is like a part of... <laughs> do it, yeah. This is a part of personal development. Uh-huh. This is, it's, it's, it's nothing more than a personal development exercise. You're not yeah. looking to get a number. You're not getting to connect with somebody. You're not, you're not, that, that, the outcome isn't the results. Right. The fact that you do it is the result. Say, whoa, that wasn't that bad. And every yeah. now and again, this thing will ring in your head and you'll say, yo, you know what? I'm just out. I'm just going, I'm just going to face this fear real quick. Yeah. And just do it. Go ahead, Mark. To the, to the mic, to the mic, to the mic, to the mic. Mark, to the mic. Get to the, to mic. the mic. Come on, man. You you edited the joint, so. I just wanted to ask, what does the person look like with a mask on? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not about, it's not about getting the number. It's about feeling that feeling. So I, I do this. Suppressing and, I, and pushing past the fear. Yeah, I've been doing this. So I'll be in a situation, and everybody knows by now, that when I'm in friction with my wife, I shut down. And I don't want to say nothing to you. So I get the feeling, the same feeling that you get when you see somebody you like and you, you're you not, it's, some, it's like a wall in front of you that just, it just stops you from going. I get the same feeling. And now I'm practicing the, I, okay, I don't want to say anything to you, but I'm going to go in there and say, hey, how was your day? And sometimes it's just like that. Hey, how was your day? But <laughs> it's a terror, it's, it's not, it's not the love I should be giving, but that's me pushing past this thing that says, yo, I'm right. I don't need to say anything. And it's just as bad for me as it is for you in the feeling. But. And what you're probably, you're not scared to speak to her. You're scared of the rejection. Scared and of so rejection. David's exercise is important. So you have to, even when making money as entrepreneurs, 
You have to detach yourself from the outcome. A lot of people are afraid to sell because they're afraid of the rejection. They don't want people to say no. Detach yourself from it and you just do what you're supposed to do on your end and let the chips fall where they where right. they may. So I tell my clients all the time, just get really good at making the calls. Get the calls done. Get the calls done and go through 10, you'll get a, you'll get a yes. Just keep mm-hmm. going, keep going. For you, Joe, just say hello. You're not looking for it to be a love connection. It doesn't matter if it results in an exchange number. All you're looking for is you saying hello. Whether she speaks back or not, not important. You said hello. Yep. And you're going to keep speaking until somebody says, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that, do what? And then you be like, yo, it's going... It gets easier and easier. <laughs> Step in like Omarion. <laughs> Joe, it just gets easier and easier. So last story, and I promise you going to wrap up. But Corey was at the at the kiosk. It's my daughter. And she is more introverted. Until you get to know her, she'll loosen up. Loosen up. But I'm telling her, hey, talk to people. Talk to people. Tell them to come over to the kiosk. And she's like, I, I, I just can't. Something inside. Like, she's like, yo, I just can't. So what I told her to do is I just want you to say hello. Anybody that walks by, just say hello. So people walking by, she says, hey. Hey, hey, hello. And she gets more comfortable. She's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? And she starts loosening up. I said, okay, cool. That went on for like 10 minutes. And I'm saying, how's that feel? She's like, it's cool. I said, now I want you to say hello and give a compliment. We're not looking for an outcome. It was the outcome, like Donnie said, that's the fear. So she starts saying, hey, how you doing? I like your shoes. I'm like, yo, just find something beautiful about the person. Hey, I like your hair. Hey, and once she started doing that and people started engaging with her, guess what happened to her? She says, hey, I like your shoes. They say, oh, I like your hair, girl. And it just it just creates a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now she's not afraid of saying hello and starting a dialogue with people. So that went on for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, now only the people who say something to you in response to you saying something to them, you'll say, hey, I have a t-shirt brand. And what happened was, Through this process, it was over like an hour process. She started bringing people over to the kiosk and showing people and started making sales. And once she started making the sales, once she started getting the intentional, the unintentional results, she, hey, come on, come check us out. Hey, come, because she's like, she understands that every sale is a representation of me giving her some money. Mm -hmm. And she just, she came alive in that moment. Mm -hmm. Now, the next time I took her back to the kiosk, she went back in her shell, which just tells me that you have to be committed to this process of being in the game. Eventually, you're going to be normal Rico Suave. You're going to be in the club dancing. Now, 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 Joe. You, I'm you not gonna walk up to him in the club like. Don't don't mm-hmm. turn him in to that guy. But you. Ah, the part gonna get longer and longer. Okay, like right now, gonna be on both sides <laughs> with a little swivel effect in the in the back. Shans, I gotta say before we wrap up this episode, you look good today. Thanks. I know I give you such a hard time when you're dressed very basic, but today you look very nice. I love how you're coordinating the shoes with the situation here. I like the rose gold on the watch. I have a lot ring. to say. Uh, to and you. this Not these about glasses. You are killing, they're pulling the whole look together. Does he look amazing? You look really put together today. Try to go to another level. You know what I mean? Try to take it to another level. I'm, I'm going you to another coach. level. You better coach. Yes. You better coach from behind the board. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Donnie. Yeah. Is there any, like, sideways roast that you got for me? 
100% compliment. You okay, look good. very great today. Thank you. I Everything's put together. So you want to close this out with, with our sponsorship? One, thank y'all for checking us out. And subscribe to the podcast, okay, on Apple and Spotify. However you listen to podcasts, subscribe. And please do me a favor. If you are a fan of the show, I'm going to ask you to text this episode to five people. Text this episode to five people and just share it with someone because they might they might like the podcast and subscribe and we get um, bigger and bigger. We can come to your city and hang out with you, um, but we got to continue to grow this audience. So thank you so much. Um, do you want to you want to do the first sponsorship or? So this episode is brought to you by Post to Paid. Mm. Post to Paid is the only community where uh, for entrepreneurs who are struggling to create, to uh, connect, create good content that engages and increases sales on social media, I help you remove the overwhelm from that completely. We send three text prompts to your phone every single day. And it tells you exactly what you should be posting on social media. Conversation starters, things that are going to make people think, people uh, help people to become inspired and help people to establish the know, like, and trust factor with you. And it's only $37 a month. Mm. Let me tell you what's even better about that. I'm giving it to you for a dollar for your first seven a days. Dollar. A dollar. That's you have a dollar to come in and see if you like it. And if you like it, you stay. You pay $37 a month. If you don't like it, you cancel and you'll be, you'll be out of there for seven days. But you'll also walk away with 21 pieces of content that you can use over the month, right? So anyway, super dope. And we're also brought to you today by Six Figure EDU. Six Figure EDU is my educational platform where we develop coaches and consultants from scratch. So maybe you feel qualified to teach a thing or two. You don't know what you should be teaching. Six Figure Accelerator, the program is good for you. Maybe you're already a coach, but you're not hitting the revenue that you want to hit. Something's a little off and you need some more development. Six Figure is for you. Six Figure Accelerator is for you. Just go to sixfigureedu.com. That's the word six, S-I-X, figure, edu.com. And a whole slew of other things. Just check out all the resources, guys. I got you covered. Absolutely. And this episode is also sponsored by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com, the only organization that gathers every single day with a community of entrepreneurs that talk to each other, work with each other, connect with each other, learn together. We read 14 books in 2021. We're mm. probably going to read another 15 or 16 in 2022. I don't know when you're watching this, but we have a phenomenal book club where we actually read a chapter every single day. So go to themorningmeetup.com and send me a text message. I want to stay connected with you. 404-737-4935. Again, 404-737-4935. All right. Oh, I forgot. Text me to get post to paid or just text me for business tips. 404-737-2767. For sure, for sure. Look, man, like, subscribe, share this episode with everyone you know, okay? Y'all have a... You done? Mm-hmm. Pushing your mic away? Mm-hmm. All right. Out of here. Well, I'll let y'all. Peace. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of 
of resources and contacts. You need to be in an environment of success. So head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your $1 seven-day trial. That's right, just $1 for seven days of access to The Morning Meetup. Take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today. Themorningmeetup.com.